right. Golly. You guys voted me, the, the crying pastor. You voted me in. It's your fault. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what I was talking about Tracy she, when I was in that field at that church laying down. She, I was thinking all the eligible bachelors, and you picked me, the goofball crying and laughing in the field by himself. So you guys are in the same boat. You guys picked me. You stuck with me. <laughs> uh, man, it's been a crazy week. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to get into to a lot of detail. Honestly, we don't have a ton of time. Um, there's been a lot going on, honestly, in Orlando while we were in Orlando. Um, and many of you know we went on vacation, and, and uh, we went with the Perez's and Bill and uh, Bill Starling and his kids. And uh, we ran into a lot of hiccups on the way. Some of you know about um, pale in comparison to a lot of the other tragedies that went on over there. But um, it was it was interesting, to say the least. Um, but it's good to be home. <laughs> it's good to be home. And, and uh, it was good to listen to AJ's message. And I appreciate so much, AJ, for stepping in. Um, it's a good feeling when you're away and you know that everything's going to be taken care of, that that you guys all between, you know, I don't want to name names because I know I'll leave people out, but everyone in here that just everything runs so smoothly and, and I don't have to, I didn't have to stress about it. Um, I was up early Sunday morning praying for you guys and, and, uh, and praying for AJ too and y'all were heavy on my hearts while we were there because this is, this is home, you know, this is home to us, so. Um, just know that, that you were missed, and I need a vacation for my vacation now. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so we're gonna. <clears throat> I'm just gonna kind of dive in here, and I'm not, I doubt that I'll be able to get all the way through it, so I may stop about halfway. Um, but, uh, but many of you know, and and because I brought them today, I really like to ride jet skis. I ended up with some jet skis on a trade because I like to buy and sell stuff, and uh, I bought and and fixed up a dirt bike, and. Uh, put it on Craigslist for sale, and a guy offered me jet skis for a trade, and it was a trade-up, I thought, and I agree now. It definitely was a trade-up, because jet skis are, like, a lot of fun. I don't know if you've ever heard one, but, like, I've heard a comedian talk about that, and you never see anybody not smiling on a jet ski. It's true. They're really fun. Um, one of the things that, one of my favorite things to do on a jet ski is jump waves. <clears throat> Tracy stresses out about it, because she's scared I'm going to get hurt all the time. I don't think, like, I don't have that in my brain for some reason, that, like, I'm going to get hurt. I am just feel like I'm invincible for some reason. But there was, I think it was Memorial Day weekend, we went out there. I was going to take the jet skis out to jump waves on Sand Island. There's not a lot of times I can go in the salt water because most of my family, fix this, most of my family doesn't like salt water. And so, uh, so we rode down there, and I was like, oh, it's going to be great. I finally get to go jump some waves. And it was the flattest day. It was flatter than the river was. There was no waves anywhere. And I was like, oh, all I want to do is jump waves. It's been so long since I've jumped waves. And uh, it may seem simple to you, but it's really a lot of fun. And so I was, I was really, really wanting to jump some. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to that day, but some friends of ours were out there, and I got to ride some of their kids around, which is usually what I end up doing most of the time anyway, and what I'll probably do a lot today. Um, but it's fun, too, and it's fun to see their expressions, and I usually try to. Most people get nervous when you throw a kid on a jet ski, and they're like, oh, be careful, be careful, be careful, and I understand that. And so I usually try to take it easy and try to get a feel for the, whatever the, whoever the kid is. Some of them are real timid, and they don't want to do anything, so we're just, go fast, go fast. And so, uh, so the, uh, my friend's daughter got on, and I was just kind of seeing how, how, what she was comfortable with and turning and doing things. And, and she got more and more comfortable. And I said, are you okay? She said, yeah. I said, you want to go faster or slower? She said, this is good. So we rode for a while. Well, on the way back, I said, well, do you, are you okay if we you know, spin around real quick? Would that be fun? And she was like, sure. And it's really fun to spin around on a jet ski. So I, I got going, and, I, and she's sitting in front of me. She's hanging on the handlebars, and so I've got a good grip on her. And I spun around real quick, and, uh, 
And you can see she was, she was really excited and happy, but probably a little afraid. Um, and that's what I asked her at the, afterwards. I was like, well, what did you think? Was that okay? Did you have fun? And she said, yeah. She said it was really fun and slightly terrifying. <laughs> I said, that pretty much sums up jet ski ride, I guess, or most everything that I like to do is mostly fun, but slightly terrifying. And so uh, several weeks went by, and this tropical, we were watching this tropical storm going through Florida because we were about to go there um, for the trip, so we were worried it was going to rain the whole time, which it didn't. This tropical storm came, and my friend, who also has a jet ski, called me up one afternoon on a whim and said, hey, there's a tropical depression. My little app on my phone said there's huge waves on the island. Let's go jump some waves. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm in. And then I had to call Tracy and make sure I was in. <laughs> I was like, hey, can I go play? Can I go play for a couple hours? And, uh, <laughs> and of course, she said yes. And, uh, and so I, I rode down there. And the whole time he's, he's calling me or texting me, um, this is a bad idea, Justin. He's the one that called me. This is a bad idea, Justin. We're going to die. This is a terrible idea. This is very scary. This is sketchy, Justin. So we drive all the way down there, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. I'm like, whatever. This is going to be amazing. It's like it's supposed to be five to six-foot waves, which are huge to me. Dolphin Island usually has like little ripples, and I think I'm jumping something. So we go all the way to the south end of, of Sand Island. No, I take that back. We get to the launch, and up to this point, I'm excited. I'm ready to ride. We get to the launch on Dolphin Island, which is usually pretty busy, no matter what day it is, and there's no one there. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And the news crew <laughs> is like on the, on the end with their big antenna up. And I'm like, hmm, maybe this is a little sketchy. <laughs> and uh, I can imagine there's a small craft advisory. We're probably on the smallest craft there are. <laughs> so I was like, we're doing this. So we, we launch, and it's like three or four foot swells in the, in the bay, which is huge. So you feel very small in there. So we went around and went to where we normally find the big waves at the very bottom end of Sand Island, which is basically a peninsula now. And before we got there, like I was there a few weeks previously when I told you it was calm, Sand Island had completely been like reshaped. <laughs> Whatever the storm was, re it moved it around, and I was like, I don't even know where to go now. We got almost there, and you could see off in the distance massive waves, like California, like you know how they curve, and people surf inside of them? I've never seen that down there, and I was like, oh, and I was pointing. I was like, look at that. That's amazing. And so before we got there, he chickened out and pulled off. And I was like, oh, no. So we went around and talked about it. He's like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to go try. Let's go try. Well, afterwards, I asked him, because I don't want to exaggerate, but I thought, how big? Those, those waves were bigger than five to six feet. He said, probably six to eight. And I said, yeah, I was thinking like 12 to 15. Because <laughs> there were times after I would jump a wave, I would look back, and I couldn't see the island or him, and then he would be like that high in the air. And I was like, I've never seen that before. This is terrifying. This is mostly fun, but slightly terrifying. Um, so we got to jump some waves that day, and it was really fun, and that's one of, my, one of my favorite things to do. But in the middle of that, I've got a waterproof case on my phone. I love to take video and pictures. You guys probably know that. And I really wanted evidence of how awesome I was jumping these huge waves. But he would not, for anything, video or, or get a picture. I kept asking him. I was like, look. He's like, no, I don't want to lose your phone. I'll lose your phone. Because, I mean, we're in the middle of massive waves, and if you catch them at the wrong time, they, like, crash on top of you, and it's, it can be pretty dangerous. Um, and so I kept telling that, and finally I was like, I don't care about my phone. I've got to get some kind of evidence of how incredible this is. Nobody's going to believe how big these waves are. He was like, no, and this is his explanation, which kind of makes sense. Um, he said, no, because if I start videoing or taking pictures, you're going to want to do more to, like, show off, and you're going to hurt yourself or kill yourself, and I'm going to have to explain to your family <laughs> what you did and why you did it. And I was like, ah, oh, you're right, but you have it on video, so there's that. But anyway, I wanted evidence that I was there and that it happened. 
And so you guys are the only ones that know, and, and I hope you believe me, how massive. These were huge waves, and they were incredible. And I hurt for like a week after that, but it was so much fun and slightly terrifying. Okay? So that gets me to here, and I may not ever make it to the end now. Um, Matthew 14.22 is where we're going to be, and then also Mark 6.45. I'm going to try to slow down with some of the scriptures. I've been throwing a lot at you lately. So Matthew 14.22 is where we're going to start, and we may get to Mark 6.45. So this was a scripture I was, tell, I was talking to you about in, in, uh, in, during worship. And verse 22 says, um, and this is Holman. Verse 22 says, Immediately he made the disciples get into a boat, and go ahead of him to the other side. Now, this is right after the, Jesus fed the 5,000 and everything. While he dismissed the crowds, <clears throat> after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already over a mile from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Around three in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea. Pretty normal. When, <laughs> when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And cried out in fear. Here it is again. Immediately Jesus spoke to them. Have courage. It's me. <clears throat> Don't be afraid. He will immediately take your fears away. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered, <laughs> as if it'd be anybody else walking on the water. If it's really you, Peter answered, command me to come, come to you on the water. Come, he said. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Here it is again. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You have little faith. Why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now here's something that I never saw before. Jesus didn't stop the storm when Peter began to fall. Now, I've got a picture of my friend Dana. He spoke here the, not that long ago. Um, and it looks like he's walking on water, but it was really a sandbar, and I thought it would look really cool, and it did. And uh, it got like 100 and something likes. I was like, those are all my likes because I took the picture, not yours, Dana. But it, look, it looks like he, I'm not bitter at all. It looks, it looks like he's walking on water just because it's really shallow. It's a really cool picture. But that's, in my mind, that's what I always thought about. Even though I know it's a storm, I imagine it's, it's, it's calm. But after being out there on those waves on Dolphin Island, waves can be huge and not just you know, in the sea, but in like, you can get massive waves. And I can imagine if you're walking on water, like, like he's like, whoa, you know, it's not just like he's like, oh, just calmly walking on water, but there's, there's waves and wind blowing, and he begins to get discouraged by it. But what's, what's funny is, it says when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. It wasn't until they got all the way back to the boat. Now, we begin to think about a lot of these immediates as well. We, we unfortunately, we get focused on, and this this when I was, I told you I was praying uh, Sunday morning for you guys. I was praying for AJ, and the vision that I got was of uh, people playing poker. I know, thanks God, you're giving me a, an image of people gambling, but it was an image of people playing poker, and there were there was someone with with only so many cards, and uh, and they needed a certain amount of cards to win whatever the game was. I say it was poker, it was a game, whatever it was. And what the Lord was speaking to me was, we're so focused on what's right in front of us and what we think we need that He could pl- completely wreck our game. Like he can say, I don't even want to play that game. I'll give you a new game. I'll give you a better game. And I know that may seem very simple, but it was revelational to me, usually at 3 o'clock in the morning, because that's when God thinks he needs to talk to me. And so what I, what I see in this is we have an idea of the way that things should go. We talked about this a few weeks ago about what fair is. 
we have an idea of what fair is. Well, God's fair is better than our fair. He's so good that we get upset with him when he's good to other people. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense, but we do. We're like, how come you're good to them? And you could have somebody sitting right next to you, hopefully not, that are doing a lot of bad things, but things are going really well for them. Have you all ever experienced that? It's kind of frustrating sometimes. <laughs> I heard somebody go, yes. <laughs> was that? that was my mom, I think. <laughs> yes. All the time. Uh, I'm just kidding. I don't even know if it was her. But anyway, the, uh, <laughs> you can have someone there and you're going, look, God, we're doing all, the, doing all the right things. We're praying. We're doing all these things. But this is, this is what's interesting about that is it's not, God's not a series of, of algorithms that we can figure every little piece and bit out and then we can make him fit into what we want. Does that make sense? He's, he's a person. He feels. He moves. Listen, we were, man, this is, this is really good. I'm talking about myself about to say something. That's a little arrogant. The Holy Spirit just re- reminded me of something. Uh, Kylie wanted to cut the grass with me the other day, and I've got a zero, I got a zero turn not that long ago, and it's the kind that you, you, know, you move back and forth, and it's got the two little bars on it, it turns like this. It's really fun. So she will sit in my lap. I'll scoot the seat back, and she'll sit in my lap. All my kids will. But this, this particular day was just the other day when we got back. She wanted to ride. And it was, it's the lawnmower, so it's quiet. There's not anything else going on. Well, she was sitting on my lap, and she likes to drive, but I've got blades going, so I kind of keep a little bit of hold to the sides a little bit. But she's getting the hang of it, but she's so close to me. I can, I can smell the, the shampoo in her hair, um, and I can feel the tug when she tugs one way to turn and the other way. And, wow. And she was right there that immediately... She's right there. In the same way, that's how God is with us. He's so close, he can smell the shampoo on your hair, and he's with you. And so when you're going through something, you, you've got to see, and this, this seems simplistic saying it, but it's, to me it's, it's a bit revelational. You've got to see that regardless of what's going on in other people's lives around you and the circumstances that you're in, because sometimes we get in some pretty messed up circumstances. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm preaching myself. We've got to see that he's here with us. He's not far away. He hasn't forgot about you. Um, Even though it seems like your problems and your issues and your struggles and relationships and finances and and everything seems to be piling up, he hasn't gone anywhere. He's still with you. And this is so important for us to remember because we can easily get just as distracted as Peter did and get focused on, and that's the way I've heard this sermon taught a lot, we can get focused on our adversities over our solution. That, I think, has been a, a big hindrance in the, the big C church is that we focus so much on our problems and not the solution. Listen, if Jesus is with you, man, I can tell you too, this, this whole trip, and I don't mean to, to, to paint our vacation that it wasn't fun. It was fun. I'm not a big Disney person, so I'm a little biased there. Um, but there was some adversity that we went through on the way there. There was some adversity when we got there. Even the news, there was all these things going on. And so there's all these things kind of piling up against us. But if it, if it wasn't for knowing that the Lord was with me all the time, and every step of the way I knew, okay, and I'm, I don't mean to be self-righteous either, but I know that Bill needs help with these kids, and I know that we, we're there for a reason. We're there to help him. And there was, there, there was a moment, too, um, when I, I think Bill's about to lose it because he was overwhelmed, and, he, and rightfully so. I would be overwhelmed with my three. I am overwhelmed with my three kids by myself, and I'm so thankful for my wife. But there was a point when, when 
you know, Bill's about done. He was like, I can't do this anymore. This is just too much. And the kids were complaining, and it was hot. And I, I wanted to give up, honestly, at one point. But I was like, you know what? No, we're going to work this out. And we went, and we were in a stroller, and we distracted him. We got him to the big Swiss Family Robinson treehouse, and everything was good. <laughs> but I knew that there was something more important than just, you know, me having fun or us having fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for Bill because he's been such an encouragement for so many years for me that we can, we can do that for him now. I mean, this is not, this is not a one-sided thing. But I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here. What I'm saying is we, we, we can't get, the same thing with the deck cards, we can't get so focused on what we think is so important in our lives that we, we miss what's going on in other people's lives. Because what's going on in other people's lives could be much worse than yours. You could say, well, I've really had a hard childhood, you know, my power got turned off. Well, we've been to Honduras where they don't even have power. And even the wealthy people half the time don't have power. We, 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 rate, we have this rating system that we think we're better or worse than people, but we're all the same. And so if we don't know who we are and we don't know that Christ is with us, this is so important, you're not going to be able to help anybody else. And he's so close that immediately, he says, immediately Jesus spoke to them, have courage. Immediately he reached out his hand and he pulled him up. Listen, they were rowing very hard and they weren't getting anywhere. These are pro fishermen. <laughs> they know how to row boats. They know how to get places. And they were getting nowhere fast. Jesus gets there hangs out with them a minute, gets on the boat, calms the storm, and then later on it says immediately they were to the other side. Immediately. That's how, that's how Jesus works. And it's funny that he works that way because it's kind of frustrating. It's like, hey, why don't you stop the storm now, and then I can walk back to the boat. Come on, Jesus, give me a break. But he doesn't. And I think there's a reason why he doesn't do that, and especially even in this story. I think he does all these things for a purpose. Even the passing by, later on, if we get to, we're probably not going to get to it. I'll tell you what, let's go there real quick. We're going we're gonna to get to it. We're going to wrap it up. Go to Mark 6.45. Now, this is, uh, this is John Mark that wrote this. This, this. He wasn't one of the twelve, and he's actually getting the story and the content from Peter. Peter calls him his son. Peter's the one who discipled him. So Peter was the one that walked on water. Okay, we need to get that. Peter walked on water. Now, he's explaining this to Mark as he's writing it down. This is John Mark writing this. So this is really Peter's story, if you want to read it that way. Verse 45 says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on land. He saw them being battered as they rowed because the wind was against them. Around three in the morning he came toward them. Wait a minute. I just thought about that at the same time he's always waking me up. What is it about three o'clock in the morning? Um... Three o'clock in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea and wanted to pass by them. Why does Jesus want to pass by them? This is a reference to the Old Testament when God passed by Moses. Do you all remember that? He's identifying who he is. He's saying, I am God. I'm just going to pass by you. But they recognize they're like, hey, there's a ghost. <laughs> when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought he was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, there it is again, he spoke with them and said, have courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Then he got in the boat with them, and the wind ceased. Y'all see anything missing out of that story? The whole Peter walking on water thing. He didn't talk about it at all. Now think about when, when I was jumping those waves. All I wanted was some kind of evidence. I was like, I've, I've got to have something to tell people this story. This is going to be amazing. Listen, if you walked on water, would you not be like, hey, last week I was in the bay, and I walked on water. <laughs> Would you not want to tell people that? I mean, would that not be a pretty exciting story? 
Think about Peter and his personality. Would not Peter want to stand up and, and say that? But listen, this is later on when he's discipling someone else. He's talking to someone else. He's telling them the story. Listen what he finds more important. It's not about him. It's not about his story. He's just part of a bigger story. And he sees it just the same way Jesus was going to walk by. He was, identify, he was identifying himself as God in the flesh. Listen, we've got to get beyond ourselves if we're ever going to grow. We've got to get beyond our own circumstances and our own needs if we're ever going to see. Honestly, it's, whether we like it or not, it is so, it's beneficial to us even when we help other people. Many of you have experienced it as well. Um, we were just talking about, I was talking about the Turners this morning that it just so happened, he just realized, uh, Andrew just realized this morning that there were some events that happened that stacked up right alongside some other events where he was just pouring out blessings to someone. And it wasn't even on his radar. He just did it because fruit happens, <laughs> right? We've got to make a shirt. Fruit happens. Because when you, when you know who you are and you're confident in who you are and you can bless other people, it, it just works that way. It's just kingdom. It just works. And what's cool about that is Peter, loudmouth Peter, <laughs> steps back and goes, okay, I see that, that teaching who he calls a son, really, John Mark, teaching him how important Jesus is in the story and not himself. Now, we've got to catch this because if, if, we, if we only focus on our own journey and our own struggles and our own issues, then we'll never get past that. You'll, you'll perpetuate that same struggle and that same issue that you have. If, you don't, if we don't get past that, we're, we're never going to grow and we're never going to mature. The, the oh, poor me mentality is not a Jesus mentality. It's not Holy Spirit mentality. It doesn't work because that's not who he was. I don't ever hear Jesus going, man, this really sucks. I wish the storm would go away. I wish I didn't have to love people. I wish people would just be nice to me. I don't ever hear Jesus saying that, whining and complaining. I'm preaching myself too, so don't get mad at me because I do the same thing. Um, hey, I am going to actually kind of get through most of it. Um, so Peter excludes that part of the story. Why does he, why does he exclude it? Because Peter, Peter finally realized that it's not about us. Listen, you, whether you like it or not, are part of a bigger story. You may, you may feel like, um, even in a, in a specific season, you feel like that you can't get out of it or that you, you can't deal with it or it's too much and you want to quit. Listen, there are many times in, in my life, and there was... There was actually probably a year and a half, we talked about this the other night, um, where I, I was trying to look at things objectively and pull myself back and say, okay, because um, I, I had a good friend that was an atheist and we were doing some really good debates and talking about some things. And I remember thinking, Let me, can I pull myself back and not look from a Christian perspective? Can I pull myself back and look objectively at what he's saying and what I'm saying and see which one makes most, the most sense? Now, it was a miserable year and a half because I can't, un, I can't unbe a Christian. It just doesn't work. I tried, and I was miserable. I didn't sleep much. <laughs> but I, I'm, I am forever biased, whether I want to be or not. I, I want to see things objectively, but I can't because Jesus is with me. I see things the way he sees them. I can fight it all I want, but I'll be miserable. Trace and I had a talk on the way back from, uh, from Orlando or at some point, maybe on the way back from, uh, from the Perez's. We were talking about salvation and how a lot of things that happen in Orlando, how all that looks. And, uh, and, and we were talking about specific situations, and the Holy Spirit won't allow things to stay that aren't beneficial to you. Okay, we, we, and I'll just go ahead and, and tackle the subject we're talking about, homosexuality. 
And she was like, well, do you think there's any way that a homosexual could be saved? And I said, well, first, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a homosexual. There's a person who's made choices in their life to make these decisions and do these things. Now, in the same way, people make decisions in their life to do other things. I believe, just like anything else, that if someone receives the Holy Spirit in their heart, regardless of what you label them as, he won't allow something um, detrimental to them to stay. Does that make sense? If you want to know my stance on it, that's where I am. Um, And so, no matter what it is, we, we want to call it different things, and that's just human nature. We want to compartmentalize things. But I believe that when the Holy Spirit comes in, and I know, because I've experienced it, that he won't allow things that are not good for you to stay there very long. You can try, and you can fight, but it's, it won't be good. It won't be fun. You, like, I tried to not be a Christian, you know, or try to look at things. Not like I was trying not to be a Christian, but I tried to look at things from a different perspective. Like, you know, let me look at it and see maybe, you know, was I brainwashed? Was it just, you know what I mean? Like, because these are things that he was saying. So I was like, okay, well, let's see. What are, what are the events in my life that led up to this? And so I was trying to analyze all that stuff, but I could never, I could never escape. I could never get away from that. This Holy Spirit that's in me, didn't go away. And he kept saying, why are you doing that? Are you happy? Does this make you feel good? No, it made me miserable. In the same way, the Holy Spirit's not going to let any sin that is in you stick around very long. He'll take care of it for you, but you just have to receive and allow it to allow him to do that. So, I don't have time to tackle the next thing I really want to talk about, but I want to say this. The, 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 very, the very crux of this, of this whole story, this big story, this kingdom of God, is more than just your story. It's even more than just your ministry or my ministry or this ministry or healing or salvation or it's bigger. His kingdom is bigger. Does that make sense? So when we move and we have this Holy Spirit with us, we carry something that's not just something that we can explain and debate. It's something that actually changes people. It's miraculous. It's a miracle. We talk about miracles with legs growing, different things like that. Salvation is a miracle. Relationships restored are miracles. We, we want to call things miracles that are or aren't miracles. He is so much better. And I'm telling you, if you just open your eyes to the world around you and get outside of yourself, you will begin to heal inside yourself and your circumstances will begin to change. And even if they don't, it's okay. He's still with you. And he won't be shaken. We had a storm roll. We were at the, the Veneta's the other night. We had a storm roll in, and it was awesome. It was cool. I could sit on the porch and watch them. But you watch trees just bend over. And, I mean, it looks we were looking for, like, funnel clouds because it was right at the front, and you could see things swirling. We're like, oh, this is crazy, and this is really neat. But I'm telling you, storms can, can move and blow and change the waters and the seasons. And unfortunately, ignorant people give God credit for things that he didn't do. Listen, he put this world into motion, but he's not judging people with storms. Sometimes we have thunderstorms. Does that make sense? Unfortunately, sometimes there's waves in the water, and sometimes there's not. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, right? We don't, we don't ebb and flow with, with our circumstances. We stand on the rock. We stand on a foundation who is Jesus, who can't be shaken. And guess what he has with him? A whole kingdom. A whole kingdom that we bring with us. It is very fun 
is slightly terrifying to be a Christian. <laughs> it is very fun and slightly terrifying to speak to people and to pray for people sometimes. But I'm telling you, it's fun. It's very fun. Don't give God credit for things that he didn't do, <laughs> please. It's frustrating to see it. Um, but give him credit for what he does do, and he loves us, and he's not going anywhere. And just like with, with me and Kylie on that lawnmower, we're cl- we're clo- he's so close. He's not far away, and he's not afraid, and he doesn't want you to be afraid. Stand up with me. Listen, this, 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 uh, this service this morning was incredible. I'm, I'm so thankful for all the fathers in here. Um, I meant to say something this morning, but listen, there, there's, a, there's such an incredible impact that fathers make on kids, and there are so many statistics I could read you about how important it is um, for fathers to be in the home. And listen, I am so thankful to call so many of you fathers to me and friends to me. Um, you, and, and most of you know I don't have an earthly father here with me, but it's amazing to see how many people step up and pour into my life. Um, I sent Mark a text this morning and just thanked him for everything that he poured into me because he, he did for years pour into me. And I just thanked him for that. And I thank so many of you guys that have just sent me an encouraging text or gotten lunch with us and encouraged us um, and have been fathers, have, have been manifest fathers in the flesh for me of the Heavenly Father. And I just thank you for that. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that with other people. We need it. So let me pray for you guys. Father, thank you for this time that we had today. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit that moves in us. Father, thank you for, uh, for your grace and your love and your encouragement. Father, we have people around us that will continue to, to build us up. Father, and I pray that you would open our eyes that, that as we go out of this place that we would seek out um, people that we can lift up and that we can build up. And, Father, put people in our past, Father, that would do the same for us. Father, we need it too sometimes. We need to see it. Father, thank you that even, even if we are in the midst of some of the worst circumstances, Father, you are with us. Father, just, just like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Father, even though we're in the midst of the fire and the flames and the, any kind of tribulation we think are, are, are going to destroy us, Father, you're in there dancing with us. <laughs> thank you, Father, that we don't have fear. Because your word tells us you don't give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of peace and a sound mind. Father, thank you for your kingdom that as we go, your kingdom goes with us. Father, I pray that everything that we do and everything that we are, we bring your kingdom as it is on, in heaven, Father, that we would bring it to earth for you and your glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Love you guys.